Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. I want to start this series today on relationships. Um, I want to talk to you today, um, not necessarily from, hey, this guy knows everything. Uh, I want you to know right now, I am not a relationship guru, okay? Uh, Ashley and I in May make 10 years that we've been married, and we don't have it all together, okay? I'll be the first to admit it, we don't have it all together. She has less together than I do. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that's a joke, okay? If you think I'm serious, you're, that's a joke, okay? That being said, though, I don't want you to, when we start this series and as we talk about relationship, I don't want you to think, oh, this guy thinks he knows everything. That's not it at all. What I want to do is I want to come, and one, I want to remind you of some things that I believe are keys uh, to helping us have healthy relationships, but also what I've done in this series is I've been evaluating uh, people that have been married or together for many, many, many years. And what I've noticed is there's certain few things that all these relationships have in common. And so I want to talk to you about some of these secrets in these relationships that are healthy and strong, and uh, you may be married many more years longer than I have been, we have been, and listen, we're gleaning from you, we're learning from you. This is not us trying to say, hey, we know more than you. This is us trying to say, hey, let's remind each other what it's like to really continue to have healthy relationships together. And if you're single in the room or online, don't check out, okay? Don't check out and be like, oh, this ain't for me. I'll see y'all in March, you know what I'm saying? And in fact, I believe, and what we're trying to do with these, with this, every point, is we're trying to create. Uh, it's, this is for every relationship. Trying to create uh, thoughts and uh, challenges that really will help you in your friendships, that will help you with your work relationships, uh, that will help you with other family members, and then also if you're married, help you with your spouse. And so I'm excited to kind of dive in because I believe God wants us to have healthy relationships. Amen. Somebody. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 20, it says this. So the man God gave, name, man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed it up, the place of the, with the flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from, his, from the rib, and he had taken out of the man. He had brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone for my bone and flesh for my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and his mother and are united to his wife, and they become they become they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, bless God, and they felt no shame. I want to talk to you today, again, talking about secrets that I see in healthy relationships. I want to talk to you about the thought of sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. That being said, you don't have to teach people to be selfish. I have a two-year-old, and her favorite word right now is mine. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter what I have. It doesn't matter what her, bro what her brother has, what a friend has, what her cousin has. Doesn't matter. Everything is mine. We were literally at the store the other day, standing in line, and she is in love with Baby Shark. Bless God for Baby Shark. 
And she's, she starts to say, baby shark, mine, 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 baby shark, mine. And if you know a toddler, they never get tired. <laughs> she must have said baby shark, mine 50 times. I'm like, yeah, we'll go home. We'll get your baby shark. I'm trying to scan the register, trying to get everything together. And finally, I look up and there's this older guy, probably in his 70s, and he's holding a baby shark. I said, oh, I said, that's what she's saying. I said, I'm so sorry. She loves baby shark. And I think she thinks that one's hers as well. She's trying to take baby shark from a guy she doesn't even know. And he said, well, he said, no problem. He said, in fact, I'm kind of glad she's saying that because at least I know it's a good present. You know what I'm saying? He was buying it for his granddaughter. That being said, from the beginning of time, we don't have to be taught to be selfish, but we do have to be taught to share. It's interesting because at two years old, we're trying to teach her how to share the things that she has. But it's interesting because we get older and we start to think sharing doesn't matter. But in fact, I believe the older we get, the more important sharing is. That's why my, my title is Sharing is Caring. That being said, I'm not necessarily saying you need to share your baby shark. Maybe you do, but that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what this scripture says here where Adam was with God and God brings Eve to Adam and he says, she'll be called woman because this woman is from my bone, from my bone, flesh from my flesh. And the two are united into one. Everything that they are and everything that they have becomes one. Sharing their lives together. And I think it's so vital as, as people, as we're continuing to try to live the way God has called us to live in our relationships, that we would be ones that share with one another. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. I'll share a few with you. The Bible says in Amos chapter 3, in verse 3, can two walk together unless they agree? Can two walk together unless they agree? Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. One of the ways that we have to share and learn to share as in our relationships is sharing our feelings. Now, gentlemen in the room, just breathe. <laughs> We're going to talk about our feelings for a second. And when we say sharing our feelings, I don't necessarily mean you have to share the most deepest thoughts. And for those of you that are married or maybe you're dating someone like your, your spouse or someone you're dating will be like, well, what else? And gentlemen, if you're like me, you're like, well, that's it. Like, no, but what else? That's it. There's nothing else. So we're not necessarily talking about sharing your deepest thoughts at all times where everything has to be always talking, but there has to be communication and healthy communication uh, about our feelings and where we are in our lives in order to have a healthy relationship. You talk to any guru, any relationship guru, you listen to podcasts, you watch online, uh, you, you, go to, you go to conferences. Any, anybody you talk to that is a marriage guru and they're gonna tell you communication is key to a healthy relationship. We all know that. Marriage, friendships, coworkers, family members, communication is key to have a healthy relationship with all the relationships we have. So here's the question. If we know that communication gurus would say is the most important key, if we know it's the most important key, then why is it so difficult for us to do? Let me explain why. It's difficult because the enemy 
doesn't want us to have healthy communication. Why? Because communication creates closeness. And so the enemy doesn't want us to be close because the Bible says two are better than one and three is even better. So two is better. So we're stronger together. And so communication brings us closer. And so the enemy, what he'll do is he'll make us tired. He'll make us not feel like having conversation. He'll make us frustrated, whatever it may be, to where we don't have the communication. So there's distance in the relationships. This is why it's so important that we would be ones that understand our relationships are, are important to be Fill with our conversations with grace, with love, with talking about where we are. Here are different things. We're talking about our feelings, sharing our feelings, different things that you can share. You can share about your celebrations. Here's the question that you should ask yourself or you could ask your spouse or a friend or, or a family member. What are you celebrating? What's been going on in your life that you're celebrating right now? It's something small, something little. It doesn't have to be huge. Maybe it is something big. Maybe you had a great promotion. That's great. You can celebrate together. But it could be something small. What are you celebrating today? Why? Because we oftentimes only have communication, and most of our communication is complaining. Most of our communication comes down to we're complaining to one another about Jenny from work, about what you're doing in the home, about what's happening in, with, the, with the roommates, whatever it may be. Oftentimes, we just complain. Well, here's the problem about always complaining in our communication. If the only time we, compl- if only time we communicate is through complaining, here's what happens. One, the person complaining is going to overwhelm the person they're complaining to. Two, the person that's being, complaining, being, being complained to is going to disengage. So here's what happens. It actually creates a cycle in our communication. We complain more because we're not being heard, and so we complain more, but the person hears more complaining, and so they disengage even more. And because they're disengaging more, now we're complaining more. Now because we're complaining more, we're disengaging more. Now because we're disengaging more, we're complaining more. Ah! And it's a cycle that happens all because what we think we're doing is we think we're communicating well by complaining. No. I've never met somebody that wants to hang out with somebody who just complains all the time. You ever have the friend that you're like, hey man, how you, how's it going? And they're like, oh. <laughs> it's horrible. And you're like, oh. And you're like, well, how's work? <laughs> it's horrible. And you're like, all right, I'm gonna go get a new friend. Again, it's totally fine to talk about things here and there when things are bothering you. But if it's the only thing that comes out of our mouth is complaining. If you're single in the room and all you do is complain to your friends about being single, you ain't gonna have many friends. Why? Because what we should be focusing on is the things we're celebrating. Why? Because that brings joy into the relationship. What are you celebrating? Things may not be perfect. It's all good. What are you celebrating? Another one is I'm going to give you C's because that's what I do. I'm a preacher. What are you celebrating? But also what is concerning you? What in your heart has been concerning you? What is it that you've been worrying about that's been maybe creating fear in your heart that you can maybe be praying for them? What, what's been concerning you? Instead of just complaining about everything, no. It's, let's, let's have this conversation. We're talking about sharing relationally, communication. What are you celebrating? But also what's concerning you? What's been bothering you? Another one is, what is something that's been challenging you? How are you growing? 
What's something that you've been working on? Maybe some dreams that you have where you can talk about, hey, you know what? The Lord's been challenging me. I'd love to dot, dot, dot one day. And now you can dream together as friends. You can dream together as spouses. You can dream together as brothers and sisters or whatever, roommates, whatever. You're able to dream together. This is, what, this is what's been, been a challenge for me. And I'm excited about this challenge. Would you pray with me about what God is wanting me to do? And so you're building up the relationship instead of just tearing it down with always complaining. Does that make sense? Also, what is Christ doing in you and through you? People always say, keep Christ at the center of the relationship. In your marriage, in your friendships, in your relationships. And people often ask, well, how do I do that? Do I just run around scream Jesus the whole time? Well, how do we do that is we communicate what God has been doing in our hearts and what he's doing in our lives. What has God been speaking to you? What's God been sharing with you? Let me, explain, let, me, let me ask you or tell you what's been happening with the Bible when I open it, what God's been speaking to me. What's God been doing in your life? Why? This is how we keep Christ in the center of the relationship and your marriage. What's Christ been doing? And your marriage, you should be, your spouse should see you reading the scripture. Why? Because it motivates and it can encourage them to want to read the scripture together. If you have children, your children, you should make sure that they see you, they catch you reading the scripture. Why? Because it's so vital that we teach them the heart of being passionate about his word. Why? Because our children don't model what we say. They model what we do. You want your children passionate about the word? You, you want to keep Christ at the center? Have them catch you reading the scripture. And then share with your children. Share with your parents. Share with your family members. Share with your friends. What is God saying to me? This is how we keep Christ at the center. And this is how we share our feelings. It's not always just complaining or, or talking about the deepest things. No, we're talking about how to, what are we celebrating? What is challenging us? What's concerning us? But also what's Christ doing in us and through us? Does that make sense? It's important that we do that because if we don't, here's what happens. We end up just waiting to have conversation until we just, we're, we're mad or we're frustrated or whatever it may be. And here's what's interesting. The enemy will try to keep us from communicating well to each other because he knows the power of your relationship. He, will, he knows, and so here's what he does. He'll make us tired. He'll make work frustrating, and so here's what we oftentimes do. We get home, and we think going home is checkout time. And so we just check out. Here's what we do. If you're married in the room, we, 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 we turn the TV on, the kids are finally down, work's done. We, we, we turn the TV on and we'll lay next to each other and watch TV. Then it's good night. We go to sleep. We wake up and we do the same thing over and we think this is healthy relationships. Listen, there are times to watch TV. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can never watch TV. But I do know this. If, that's the, if that is the, the, the foundation of our relationship, then more than likely the relationship's not very healthy. Why? Because communication is what makes a healthy relationship. So you have to create space and energy to communicate well. And so that's the challenge I would, I would give you. That's the challenge I would ask is what's our communication in our relationship? Look at a spouse, family member, friend, roommates, whatever it may be, what is, is it healthy? And if it, if it isn't, okay, what are these things that I can start to bring up so that I can continue to make and have a healthy relationship? Because communication takes work. It does. It's interesting because these four things are a great out, a small group outline as well. When you're in your small group, talk about what are you celebrating. 
Talk about what's challenging you. Talk about what's concerning you. You have these men and these women that can pray for you. And also talk about what Christ is doing in you and through you. This is why small groups are so important. It gives you an opportunity to connect with other believers, to be able to have conversation, to grow in our relationships as well. So what does that mean? Join a small group. There it is. The scripture says in James chapter 1 and verse 19, understand this. My dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. What my mom would say to us when we were little was, God gave you two ears and one mouth, so shut up and listen. (laughs) Must be quick to listen and slow to speak to speak and slow to get angry. We have to share our feelings, but also we have to be willing and, and, and learn and grow in sharing our frustrations. Oftentimes we wait to share our frustrations until we're mad. Oftentimes we wait to share our frustrations until we're mad. That's not the point of frustrations. In fact, the scripture says right here, be slow to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. The scripture is saying, if you're angry, then wait to speak. Don't talk about your frustrations when you're mad. Why? Because when you're mad, you know you crazy. Like you say some crazy stuff and do some crazy stuff and think some crazy things when you're mad. What we should be doing is we should be sharing with each other our frustrations when we're not upset. Why? So that we can be level-headed. Why? Because conflict is not bad when it's done right. The purpose of conflict is actually closeness. The purpose of conflict is closeness. The problem is what we have done is we have been so bad at our conflict or we've seen conflict done so bad in the past that we think conflict is negative. And so that means now I'm going to shut down. I'm not going to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want, or we want to buck up and we want to start fighting because this is what conflict is. But that's not the purpose of conflict. The purpose of conflict is closeness. So that means if the purpose of conflict is closeness, that means conflict is healthy when done right. But we have to be willing to share our frustrations before we get to the point of where we're mad. The goal or the purpose of conflict is closeness. The goal or the process and how we do that, the goal is this. I want to have this conversation about my frustrations without attacking or without defending. Without attacking or without defending. Let me explain. When you're walking down the street, you got yourself an icy in hand. Come on, somebody. It's a nice summer day in in Florida, and you're drinking your little icy. If somebody comes running down the street and you see them, and they come to attack you, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're not going to throw the icy. I can promise you that. Protect the icy at all costs. That's number one. You're going to protect yourself. Why? Human nature... When we are attacked, protects. 
Human nature, when we are attacked, protects. That's why if you're playing a sport and you sprain an ankle, your body, you don't have to tell it. You don't have to ask it to. If you sprain your ankle, your body responds. Human nature responds. It takes all the weight off of the ankle to protect the ankle. It's the same thing with our relationships. When we are attacked, the first thought process is defend. Here's the thing with humans. We have two defense mechanisms. When we are attacked, we have two different defense mechanisms. It depends on what type of person you are. There are people that are blow-uppers. You are attacked, and so you blow up. Or there's people that blow up, or there's people that shut down. You either blow up or you shut down. You're either a blow upper or you're a shut downer. Now, here's the thing. You may say, I don't know which one I am. All you got to do is ask your spouse. <laughs> if you're not married, ask your roommate. They'll tell you real quick. We have a defense mechanism. Let me explain. You attack. You say, I can't believe you, dot, dot, dot. You always dot, dot, dot. Now, because you attacked, the human nature in all of us is protect. Okay? Well, here's what happens when we protect. Now we defend. Our walls come up. Our walls come up, and the walls are either blow up or shut down. Here's what happens when we blow up, somebody attacks. Now, what we do is we attack back. Well, you do dot, 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 dot. Now, because they've been attacked, their walls are up. And so now they say, well, you dot, 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 dot. And then you dot, dot, dot. Then, next thing you know, we're at a level of arguing with one another and attacking one another to the point of where now we're saying things to each other or doing things to each other that are completely out of the character of what we would ever do. But we use the excuse, well, I'm just mad and I just got worked up. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. Just because it's what you've always done doesn't make it right. And just because you've always said it that way doesn't make it right. You have to be able to say, okay, I want to learn and grow in the way that I have conflict. Why? Because the purpose of conflict is closeness. When we're way up here at each other's throats, let me tell you something. There's no closeness. Now all we're doing is disconnecting, and it's creating more harm than good. The purpose of conflict is not just to get it off my chest so I can feel better about myself. No, the purpose of conflict, hear me, is closeness. And here's the goal that you have to have in mind. How can I say this in a way to this person that I'm talking with? How can I share my frustrations with them in a way that doesn't allow them to put up their walls? My goal is I want to communicate to you my frustrations without you putting up walls. Why? Because when you put up walls, now you're going to defend and I'm going to put up walls. And so the purpose of conflict is closeness. The goal is I want to not shut down or I want to not blow up. And I do that by saying as I think about this person, before I say it, I want to say it in a way that I'm able to share my frustrations, but it's not going to create an opportunity for them to put up their walls. This is how we grow in our relationships with one another in the way that we have conflict. Because let me tell you something, whether you're single or you're married, you're gonna deal with conflict. There's gonna be times where someone frustrates you 
And how we deal with that is going to determine our maturity. And so I love it because I'm a huge, I'm a huge UFC fan, okay? I know people hate on me for liking the UFC, whatever. Yes, I'm a pastor. Yes, I like people getting beat up, okay? It is what it is. I love watching the UFC. I love that these people can get in this ring and for a sport, they enjoy just, just literally destroying each other. It makes me smile. I enjoy it, okay? But it's interesting because even the UFC, if somebody never saw the UFC and they just watched it, they would think that there were absolutely no rules. But in fact, the UFC has a lot of rules. And if you don't know what the UFC is, it's a fighting, uh, it, it's, it's like the big leagues. It's like the NFL. It's like the, it's like the major leagues uh, for fighters, okay? It's interesting because a lot of these guys start in different organizations that are not the UFC, and there's different rules. It's almost like street fighting in some of these, in some of these organizations. It's interesting, though, because when they get into the UFC from these street fights, they have to change the way that they fight to meet the expectations of what the UFC is asking. It's the same thing with our conflict. Just because we've always had conflict with each other and as a certain way, or we've always responded a certain way, it doesn't mean that if we want to really grow in our relationships and be in the big league with our relationships, doesn't mean that we don't have to change the way that we do some things and say some things. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And so it's important you understand this. Well, I, that's just my personality. I just, I just, get, I just get upset. I, that's just my personality. I just melt down. I just don't, that's just me. I'll get over it. Or the other's like, oh, just leave them alone for a day or so, and they'll be fine. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not the heart of why we are to have conflict. We are to have conflict to grow closer to each other. And the purpose is that we would say, okay, I want to do this in a way that we can have this conversation. I can share my frustrations with you, and we're not putting walls up to each other so that we can continue to grow together and be more like Christ. Does that make sense? So important that we understand this. Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 31, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. We're talking about sharing our feelings, sharing our frustrations, but then also the scripture says that we would become one flesh, that we would share everything, also share our finances, finances, finances. <laughs> we share our finances. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different people and people say, oh, well, you know, that's her money and that's his money and that, you know, we have a little bit for us, it's ours, but then there's, there's so much and then somebody will ask me like, oh, well, is, is it okay to do a prenup and all these things and here's what I always tell people. If you're willing to share your home, if you're willing to share your, your children, if you're willing to share your whole entire life, even your bodies, then why in the world would you not be willing to share your finances? And I'll tell you why, because the Bible says where, the, where your treasure is, there your heart also is. And so we should be willing to share with each other. I'm, I'm talking about people that are married, sharing our finances. It's not his and hers, it's ours. Well, I make more than he does. He's a lazy bum. Well, then don't marry him. If he's a lazy bum, tell him to get a job. <laughs> it's not that hard. Don't let your feelings get in the way. Just say, go make some money. <laughs> it's hot up here now. Because <laughs> here's the thing. If I'm willing to say I do, 
If I'm willing to say I'm willing to share my life with you, then we should be willing to share our finances. What does this mean? Being open with one another. There's not this secret spending. There's not this secret stash. And there's not these secret cards. And like, and no, we, we, we come together. And I, I, I tell couples, I think you should even budget together. Now, let me, let me talk about this as well, okay? We have to be able to budget with each other, but normally there's one person in the, in the family, you're talking about married folks for a second, there's one, one spouse is usually a little bit more what I would call frugal, and the other is what I would call a little bit more of a free bird. Okay, let me explain the difference. One's cheap and one spends too much money, okay? Now here's the problem, here's the problem. You gotta be careful because when you create budgets, don't control. That's not the purpose of budgets. Budgets are not to become this slave where now we can't enjoy one another, enjoy what God has done. So don't be so cheap that you can't enjoy each other's company and you can't enjoy what God has given you. But then on the other side, don't be so, so loose with your money that you're stressing the other one out because we don't have enough. That's why you come together in your budget and that's why God brings us together when we're different. And we say, let's work this out so that we can one, have some that we can spend, but also we can save so we can continue to do and be who God has called us to be. Does that make sense? And if you don't know which one's cheap and which one spends too much, you haven't talked to each other very much. Okay, good. Share your finances. Lastly, as I close, Proverbs chapter 25, excuse me, in verse 18, let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Ecclesiastes chapter nine and verse nine, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. All the days of this meaningless life, oh God, help us all, that God has given us under the sun. All your meaningless days. Oh my gosh, this is incredible. For this is your light in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. This is Solomon who was considered the wisest man to ever live. He says, I want you to know, look at your life. I just want you to know, if, if you doesn't encourage you, I want to encourage you today. I want you to look at your life and know it's completely pointless. He says, it's meaningless. The wisest dude on the earth. He says, I've seen it all, done it all. I just want you to know it's all meaningless. He says, and so here's what I want you to do. I want you to enjoy. Enjoy your wife. If you're single in the room, enjoy your life. Why? Because God has given you the season he's given you for a reason. And we can get so caught up and being frustrated or complaining about where we want to be that we miss the joy of having fun today. Share fun. Share your feelings. Share, absolutely share your frustrations. Absolutely share your finances, but share fun. Here's the question I would ask you. When's the last time you had fun? And I'm not talking about what, you would, what the world would call fun. That's being a pervert, okay? That's not what we're talking about. Let's keep going. Let's move on. When's the last time you were with your spouse? Hear me, hear me, married folks. When's the last time you got together with your, your spouse and you just had fun? You just laughed. We can get so busy working and we can get so busy watching our kids and caring for our kids and those things are so important. But I wanna encourage you, God gave you your spouse for you to enjoy one another. And so it's so important that you create space just to have fun with each other. Here's the question. When's the last time you just laughed with your spouse? Y'all know how it is when you're dating, for those that are married, when you first date, ladies, he could say one dumb thing and you're like, <laughs> now he says something dumb, you're like, shut up and get out the room. <laughs> Trying to watch this TV show, The Bachelor's on. 
I wish you'd go work out and look like that guy, The Bachelor. <laughs> There's the attack. And then he attacks back. Well, you don't look like The Bachelorette. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's, the attacks, attacks, attacks. There it is. When's the last time you just enjoyed each other's company? Did you know, I'll give you statistics, that one in every seven couples in America that are married, I'm talking about married, every one in every seven couples in America say that they do not enjoy their marriage or are not enjoying their marriage at this point in life, are not happy in their marriage. One in every seven couples. Do you know the one in every 10 Americans, one in every 10 Americans that are married, that's one in every 10 people, not couples, one in every 10 people in America that are married say they don't even like their spouse. And then we got single folks that are freaking out saying, God, where's my spouse? Where's my spouse? Where's my spouse? And they're miserable wanting the spouse to be miserable. Single folks, I just want to encourage you. I'm being real with you. I'm being real, I'm so real with you. If you're single in the room or online, I want to encourage you. I would much rather be single and lonely than married and miserable. And all the married folks say, amen. amen. We know who the miserable ones are, bless God. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I didn't do that in the first service. You got a freebie. Married folks, when's the last time you just had fun? I would encourage you to create space in your life to enjoy each other's company. There's a thing it's a structure, I guess you could call it. I don't know, but it, it's, it's seven, seven, seven. This is for the married folks or if you're dating, well, not dating, but if you're married, seven, seven, seven and challenge you to have fun. Seven, seven, seven. So easy to remember, seven, seven, seven. Every seven days, encourage you to go on a date with your spouse. Doesn't have to be out if you don't have the money or you don't have the time, but there should be uh, every seven days create space where you and your spouse can be together and you can just enjoy life. Doesn't have to be super serious. Do, in fact, I would encourage you for it not to always be super serious. Have fun together. Why? Because when you laugh together and you enjoy each other's company, there's this bond that happens that can't be broken. This is why the enemy tries to get us to be all work, work, work because we never spend time having fun together and so it creates distance in our hearts. You should always create time and space to have fun together. If you're not married, with your friendships, and in fact, with your coworkers, if you have a coworker that's been frustrating in your relationship, I would encourage you, go have fun with that person. Take them to a sporting event or go, go, go to 850, go do something with them and watch how your relationship changes just by having fun. Every seven days, go on a date. Every seven weeks, seven, 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 every seven weeks, you should spend one night away with your spouse, away from your children, away from your house. It can be, in the, it can be here in the city. It can be somewhere else. But I would encourage you, every seven weeks, you're just reconnecting away from your spouse. And then every seven months, seven, 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 every seven months, I would say you need to go away with your spouse for more than three days giving you an opportunity to reconnect. Oh, well, we don't have the finances. Listen, you can, you can do tra traveling and you can do things. You can even do it here. Locally, you can find friends, whatever. You can find ways to do it cheap. Oh, I just got the kids. Well, that's great you got kids. Find some people that can take care of them. I promise you, your kid's gonna be all right without you for just a few days. Find space to be able to reconnect. Why? Because let me tell you something. Your spouse was here before them. 
She's probably going to be here long after them. If the only connection point we have with each other are our children, we're in trouble. Create opportunities to have fun with each other. Seven, seven, seven. I love our kids' workers, Tamara, our kids' director, and our kids' uh, uh, volunteers. They're actually putting together on February 23rd a parents' night out. We're free childcare. They're doing it for three hours. For three hours, they're giving you where you can drop your kids off and you can just go hang out. Let me tell you something. You may be broke, totally fine. Drop your kids off and go home and take your clothes off. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Did he just say that? Yes, I did, bless God. The Bible says that Adam and, and Eve were naked and unashamed. Come on, somebody, you broke, it doesn't matter. Clothes don't cost nothing to take off, come on. Ashley was at last service, so I can say all this at this service. (laughs) Take your time. I'm telling you right now, if you have children in the room or online and you come to our church, if you don't create, if you don't, if you don't take this opportunity, I love the heart of our church where we want to serve one another. We got people that are willing and wanting to serve our families just to give you the space to be able to have fun together. And so if you don't take this time, oh my gosh, I would challenge you so much. So take that time and say, hey, I'm gonna drop my kids off and it's just us. Go do whatever you want. You can go play, go have fun, go whatever. But I, and give you an opportunity to have fun together. Seven, seven, seven. Sharing is caring. And if we don't learn how to, as adults to continue to share our lives, we're gonna be miserable people. Share in the way that you communicate your feelings. Share in your frustrations. Share your finances. Share your fun. Don't just have fun with your bros, fellas. Listen, bros, I'm all for bros. Let's, let, let's, let's party with the bros. But don't let everything that you do that's fun have to do with the bros. And ladies, don't let all the fun you have be with the girls. Don't dress up so nice with the girls that your husband's like, where are you going? Take time and have fun together. Why? Because that's the relationship that God, the Bible says, when two are together, when two are connected, can't be broken. And so here's what the enemy's gonna do. Here's what the enemy's gonna do. He's gonna try to distance us in our communication. He's gonna try to get us to be frustrated and have conflict where it doesn't connect us, but it disconnects us. He's gonna try to get us to have our separate things and our separate lives and our separate finances. And he's gonna get us to try to get so tired that we never take time to just enjoy each other's company. Listen, you only live on this planet once. Have fun. Enjoy each other. If you're single, enjoy your friendships. Oh my gosh, what an incredible opportunity it is where you can connect with godly friendships, where you can enjoy each other's company in a way that you won't when you're married. Enjoy it. This is the season God has given us. And so let us be ones that say, we want to make sure we're continuing to have healthy relationships through the way that we share. I'm telling you, I've evaluated marriages and they, all healthy marriages have this. They do very well at sharing their lives, becoming one with each other. Amen. Would you stand with me as we close? God, I thank you so much. for.